0: and I will be sure to follow you back. And now, for this week's show. Hello and welcome back to this week's episode of the Turkey Hunter Podcast. You are listening to episode number 253, Matt Moret Decoy Seminar from the 2019 NWTF Convention. And I am your host, And the guy who had a very relaxing and very productive weekend this past weekend for the long holiday weekend. So today we are 198 days, 9 hours, 24 minutes, and 2 seconds away from opening day of spring turkey season in Alabama. I mentioned that I had a relaxing and productive weekend this past weekend for Labor Day and it was a great weekend i relaxed and watched football pretty much all day saturday and that was very good even though the majority of the games were not that exciting unless maybe you are a georgia state fan or a boise state fan sorry about that ben carlson and that was all followed by church sunday morning fishing sunday afternoon more football Sunday night, sleeping in Monday morning, a little pool time Monday afternoon, and more football Monday night. And through all of that time, I managed to get a few things done around the house that needed to be done, and it was just generally a great weekend. And I hope it was for you guys as well. Now, I've got a long episode for you guys today, and it is actually the seminar that Matt Moret put on at the NWTF convention this past February. And according to the NWTF, the seminar is about decoys, but there's not a whole lot of decoy talk in this seminar. There is some good information in the seminar and Matt always does a good job keeping the attention of the attendees and giving out some useful tidbits along the way as well. So let's go ahead and get into this seminar with Matt Moret, and I will see you guys on the other side.
1: How's everybody doing today? Man, how about Nashville, Tennessee, Turkey Hunters? It, it's, it, it amazes me every year how big this thing just keeps growing and growing. And you know, it, it's a, for me, it's a pleasure to be here and be able to talk. To all my old friends, make new friends about a sport that I love so much. And and we all love so much we wouldn't be here. And uh, this is probably not a good question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Is there any brand new turkey hunters out there? Relatively new? Okay, awesome. Awesome, that's great. I mean, I love to see new folks in the sport. I think it's the coolest thing ever. I just got to warn you, and you can ask any of these veterans back here. By the time that you really get into it, if you didn't spend about mm, 100 bucks a pound on that first turkey or first couple of turkeys, you ain't buying enough crap down there on the convention floor. Right. Honestly, y'all, there's so much out there today. Technology is pretty cool. I promise you, as sure as I stand here right now, if somebody tries to sell you something and says, man, you buy this decor or this call or whatever and you'll kill every turkey out there, forget it because there's no guarantees. It's hunting. We're out there hunting an animal that lives in his own house, his own place. I mean, we're trying to talk to him. We're trying to talk his language and and reverse Mother Nature. We're going to talk about all this. You know, it's hunting. You know, And there's just so many things that that are against us when we go out there. But if we went out there and called to a turkey and it ran us over every time we yelped at it, it would be no fun. Nobody in here would like it. It's that challenge. How many of you all have one of them gobblers from last spring that... Man, he just gave you the slip and he just made you mad. You got a vendetta against him. Anybody in here? That's what it's about. How about ladies? I see a lot of ladies out there. Raise your hand if you're a female turkey hunter. Awesome. You're not a turkey hunter, ma'am. You just support a really passionate husband that has a passion for the sport. You can't figure out why he chases those ugly birds around and wakes you up at 3 o'clock in the morning. At a girl. At a girl. This is Turkey Calls Drive You Crazy. Well, you're a smart man. <laughs> How many in here your husbands drive you nuts practicing their turkey calls? Okay, this is the turkey convention. We can't talk about that. I tell people all the time, don't practice them at home. Lots of wives hate turkey calls. But I will tell you this. My hat's off to all the ladies that are out there that are trying it or veterans or whatever. Turkey hunting, the female side of the sport has grown leaps and bounds. Fastest growing side of our sport without a doubt. But turkey hunting is the ultimate female sport. And you think about this. Girls are way better shots than us guys are. And guys, we have to admit it. I mean, you take a female to the rifle range, give her 22, and in 10 minutes, she's hitting quarters at 25 yards and never shot a gun in her life. They're better shots. Girls are more patient than us guys are. No doubt about that. You can think about growing up. Mom was, definitely had more patience. But what other sport can a girl go out and talk sexy to a male species and blow its head off at 20 yards. I mean, that's total revenge on what we got going on out there. But, in all honesty, it's a great place to, you know, you're not usually not freezing cold when you do hear a turkey gobble. Do y'all remember that first turkey you heard gobble in your life? Do you remember the little hairs on the back of your head that stood up and the goosebumps? How many deer hunters we got in here? How many of y'all get out in the deer stand and you see that first deer of the year and that, first le- that leg starts to shake? Has that ever happened to anybody? Any Pennsylvania boys in here? Yes, sir. Do you all have trouble sleeping before opening night of deer season? That's a Pennsylvania tradition. That's why we go hunting. It's, it's in our blood. I mean, it's not, it's not necessarily for everybody, but that's why we go hunting. And that's the cool thing about turkeys. And, you know, why we're here celebrating the wild turkey here in Nashville, the National Wild Turkey Federation, if you look at it, 49 states this spring have a turkey season. And that's pretty awesome. Thirty years ago, it wasn't like that. A lot of success out there in conservation, and we got turkeys everywhere. I mean, you can't drive up and down the interstate in just about any state and not see a turkey, and I think it's awesome. You know, obviously, there's ups and downs to everything, and, you know, we all face different challenges in our own certain areas. And it's just cool to see and talk to everybody around here. And, you know, if you're spending time at the convention this weekend, if it's your first – anybody, your first convention, first time to – Don't be scared to walk up to any booth, anybody in there, talk to them, ask questions. Man, we're just, everybody down there loves this sport. Everybody puts their pants on the same way. We just love wild turkeys. And, and, you know, don't be scared to ask questions because that's how we learn. You know, today it's pretty cool. As a new turkey hunter, there's so much information out there that's real readily available. I mean, you want to practice your calls and listen to a hen yelp you can hit YouTube. You know, if you're older like me and a little bit challenged, when it comes to computer, you got grandkids or kids or whatever, you get tell them to hit YouTube hen yelp and there's 500 different hens yelping up there. You know, back back in the early days, we didn't have that information. We had to listen to a cassette tape and spend a lot of time in the woods. Now, Calling devices, same thing. Calling devices have become, have come a long way, whether it's even mouth calls, slate calls, box calls. I mean, the, the technology today lets these things sound like a hen. Equipment like decoys. I mean, this is our newest one there at X. That's that's awesome. I mean, that looks like a, a Jake turkey out there in, in the field. I mean, it, it, it's fooling turkeys. That's what we're doing out there. We're hunting in their house. We're trying to... We're getting in their head. We're playing mind games with them. We're trying to reverse Mother Nature. When he stands out there and gobbles, his, those hens are trying to come to him. We're making hen sounds. We're trying to talk to him. We all make mistakes doing this. We're going to hit on a lot of this. But we're trying to reverse Mother Nature and have him come to, to, to see us for a date, basically. He's looking for that pretty little hen that he hears over there. But you've got to think about every step of the way... It's against the way that he works every day. The way he works every day, he gobbles and those hens come to him. I mean, how many many of you all are like me? The first time you hit the woods this spring, and I just talked to a buddy of mine in South Florida, youth turkey season starts next Saturday in South Florida. Can you all believe that? You must be going to South Florida next week. Man, me too. I mean, I'm jealous right now. You know, we used to come to the convention and, you know, season, you'd think about season, it was two, three weeks away. Now with all the youth opportunities, I mean, and stuff going on, I can't believe turkey season's next week in in South Florida. But anybody like me, the first time you hit a call this spring and, old turkey, ah, you get excited, man, you just want to... You just want to make him gobble till he has no voice left. Anybody in here do that? <laughs> Man, I do. I call way too much to the first one I hear gobble every spring because that's why we go hunting, to hear him gobble. But think about it. Every time you make that turkey gobble, every time you get him excited and he sounds off, there's a chance he might attract other hens because that's what he's trying to do. Every time he gobbles out there, like where I live, we have a ton of public ground. I don't want that other guy over there in the next ridge to hear him gobble. A lot of people say, can you over call to a turkey? I, man, I don't think you can over call to him because turkeys are talking all the time, I think you can overaggressively call to him and, and make him gobble so much that he, can, you know, he wants that hen to come to him. Think about that because th- that's one of the biggest mistakes we make, especially new turkey hunters. We make him gobble and he's, you know, he's moving around and we hit him again and we hit him again. We want to know where he's at because it's like that anticipation. It's kind of like the new generation; they want instant gratification. He's a turkey. He's living out there where he lives every day of his life. He's going to do pretty much what he wants to do. You're just trying to change the game. We're going to talk about changing his mind. That's pretty much what i like to talk about when i talk about calling to a turkey and and bottom line is if you get downstairs you watch this turkey calling contest you'll see them make all kinds of sounds this and that turkeys have an exquisite language no no doubt about it they're talking all the time but if you're a newer a, you know a, a turkey hunter just learning turkey language that call right there That basic hen yelp, you can go from Maine to California to Mexico and call up every turkey out there. Now, There's different variations, but you don't have to know the whole dictionary on turkey language to go turkey hunting. I mean, it's really not that difficult. I'm looking for a volunteer in here. Young man, would you come give me a hand? The one that's almost asleep right there beside you. (laughs) (laughs) Bet you didn't know you were going to come do a turkey seminar today, did you, buddy? Yes sir. What's your name? Timothy. Timothy? I'm Matt. Where are you from, Timothy?
0: Kentucky.
1: Kentucky. They got any turkeys in Kentucky? Yeah. They do lots of them.
0: Mm,
1: yeah. yeah. Do you know where there's about 5 of them right now? Cuz I'd be glad to give you my phone number and you could can...
0: <laughs>
1: Tell you what, Timothy? Look at all these people out here. These are all turkey hunters. Are you a turkey hunter? Yeah. Had a boy. You got a girlfriend? Mm. <laughs> no. How old are you? Ten. Ten, okay. I, stay away from girls, man. They're yucky. They're getting, they're getting away for your, of your turkey hunting. T- wait till you're about 30, right, Dad? <laughs> have you ever used a call like this before, say no? <laughs> you have used one of these before?
0: I never hunted with
1: one, but I already, like, just... A okay. Little bit, but I never really let's let's go ahead and hit this. You hold that like that. Let me give you. Oh, you got it. Let me just move that striker a little bit. That's all it takes. Nothing. You got one to answer.
0: <laughs>
1: hit him again. See if we answer again. If I had a voice left, I'd. Oh, he didn't answer. That means you got to get a little more excited. Get a little excited. There you go. There you got it. You know when you get excited, like when your mom, she ever tells you to take out the trash and when she gets a little more excited, she'll kind of yell at you. I'll tell you what, Timothy, for you being a big help, if I give you a turkey call to take home today, would you take it home and, and put it in your turkey vest and try to call a turkey up with it? Yeah. Okay. This is your turkey call, not mom's, not dad's. Now, you go, you go to school? No. Yeah. Oh, okay you think your mom would get mad if you walked up behind her when she's doing something and she doesn't know and you do this real loud? That wouldn't scare her? Okay. All right. Hold on, I lost my bag. I should have been more prepared, Timothy. That's yours right there, buddy. Yes, sir, man. Thank you. You take that home. That's yours. Don't give it to dad now, not grandpa, <laughs> nobody else. That's what it's all about, y'all. I don't. No matter what we do here this weekend, today, you know, we, we preach it so much about youngsters and new people and, and, you know, our sport. What do you think the average age of today's hunter, no matter what is, out there in the country? Anybody have an idea? It's almost 50 years old. That's scary that's scary we've got to pass this we got to think about twenty years from now what's going to happen, and we all live in situations where we might have a child living down the road, maybe never even got to catch a, a bluegill I have to what, what do they call them in this part of the world? brim, bluegill, sunfish bluegill. whatever. <laughs> They may never ever, ever caught one of them, have a bobber out there and, and set the hook on a bluegill. Think about that. I can't imagine that. You know, we need to take it upon ourselves to get down there and give that, that kid or even a 20-year-old the opportunity to go out and say, Hey, man, you want to go ride and listen to turkeys in the morning? How about it? What's the, the coolest thing in the world is to watch a spring morning happen, everything come to life, the little birds, the crows, and all of a sudden that turkey gobbles. And, and you know, how many people, I can't tell you how many people I've hooked on turkey hunting, just letting them listen to it. Because that's, that's really what it's all about. Yeah, we all want to be successful and bring one home with us. But, you know, like I said earlier, the whole thing is about the hunt, learning about it. And, and one of the things with kids, a couple things, you know, my daughter's in the back of the room. She's getting ready to go to college. I'm going to be a, a broken-hearted dad here next year when she's away. But, you know, I learned a lot from wh- the way my dad taught me how to hunt. But one thing I've done... It's kind of spoiled my kid. And we we think about that. We take our kid out. We don't teach him some of the things that we've learned when we were kids. And I tried to go back to that. And here's a great example. I do this everywhere I go. When y'all grew up hunting, how many of y'all went squirrel hunting? Now, this might be a different part of the world, but how many went squirrel hunting this year? That's what I'm talking about right there. That's how I learned to hunt. That's what, how I learned what a white oak was. That's where I learned to hear a lot of my turkeys when I, was, when I got hooked when I was a kid is out there in the squirrel woods. Think about that. Our, our kids watch TV, and every time white Waddell's on TV, a big old ten-point comes by, and he sticks an arrow through his ribs. I don't care. who I mean, it's just how it is. You take a kid deer hunting, and he wants to shoot a big ten-point. How many of y'all grew up shooting spikes and four points and were happy as it got? Me too, man, that's what it was all about. Hunting is about the way you like to do it. And the same thing with turkey hunting. If your buddy does it this way, or you we're talking about something up here and you don't want to try it, you don't gotta try it. Everybody goes out there different. If you want to make one gobble till he gobbles dust, man, do it. Enjoy when you're out there. Here's another thing. How many of y'all have ever fell asleep in the turkey woods? <laughs> Is it not the best place in the world to take a nap? No. It is, man. About 8 o'clock in the morning, you start dozing off. and You know, the later I get in life, every time I fall asleep, buzzards circle me when I wake up. And that scares the crap out of me. But in all honesty, you think about things like that. Man, I look forward to a nap about the third week of turkey season. But how many times have you have been, like, dozing off there about 8.30? <sighs> that old turkey you've been working starts gobbling again. So many folks give up right after daylight, right after that roost time. And, and, you know, they think, man, turkeys, it's over. They're not gobbling anymore. To me, the best time, especially with populations in a lot of places where they're growing, the best time can be that 8, 30, 9, 10 o'clock in the morning. That gobbler, all of a sudden, all his girlfriends left. He looks around. He thinks, man, I heard one over in that ridge a while ago. And I honestly think when a gobbler gobbles looking for you, when he's gobbling trying to attract tens, that's when he's most vulnerable to come to your call. When you're yelping and calling one in, and it's been quiet a little while, and all of a sudden, no crow, no owl, no other hens, no other gobbler, he—he's searching for you. To me, that's what I'm looking for when I'm calling to a turkey. You know, I want him to come looking for me, and that's how we're going to talk about changing the game. But, you know. Before we get into that, let's talk about another real important aspect of turkey hunting. And if you all are on social media, man, it's blowing up out there. And I don't feel there's, you know, any bigger topic out there than than your shotgun. But this is how I know if I have a lot of honest people in here. How many of you all have ever missed a turkey? Yes. A bunch of people that tell the truth. You wouldn't believe. I was at Harrisburg at home, that big show last week. I asked that question about 100 people, and three people raised their hand. They're full of crap. <laughs> you go turkey hunting, you're going to miss a turkey. But here here we go. Let's think about that. Everybody's talking about shotguns, shot size, this and that. Shoot, with, shoot what shoots best in your gun. You know, the choke tubes, whatever. If you shoot sixes or fours or fives, man, go out there and pattern your gun before the season if taking a kid out turkey hunting or a female or a new turkey hunter, don't give them a three and a half inch Magnum 12 gauge and pattern a turkey gun. That stinks, man. If anybody in here likes recoil, you're a tough person because I hate it. First time I ever shot a three and a half inch Magnum at paper, I thought somebody, you know, just punished me for being a turkey hunter. If you got a child, take them out there, get some clay birds, dove loads, 20 gauge, put them up there at 25 yards, teach them to aim it sounds crazy how do we miss a turkey with a shotgun it happens it's because we're not aiming most of the time out of range can be a a, a big factor there's something that's you know between you and that turkey most of the time we get so excited we're breathing heavy you know we're shaking a little bit and we want to see that turkey fall over the cheek comes off that stock and we shoot some people put scopes on their gun sights there's all kinds of stuff I can tell you a real quick story and I don't want to run over time I'll tell you a real quick story About 15 years ago, I worked for a company called Hunter Specialties, H.S. Strut. I was there a long time. I worked with them for 24 years in in the greatest days of my life. But we had a waterfowl division, and at the time, every time somebody, we were filming television shows and DVDs, and every time somebody would miss a turkey, our waterfowl guys would just make fun of us bad, really bad. How'd y'all find the back door, man? I've been looking for that all day. (laughs) I've been coming here 30 years, and I still get lost every time. (laughs) To get right you got to get you one of them GPS's, I, I, or else get some flagging tape from your hotel room to the convention. I'm telling you, I get lost as well. GPS's don't work in here. I tried. <laughs> Technology is amazing, isn't it? I'm sure the the app has something on there, does Or just has a map? It's supposed to, yes. I got you. No. But we we understand about. Seen it work. I know it. So anyway, <clears throat> this guy was named Barney Caliph. If y'all are waterfowl hunters, Barney was a. a world-renowned duck caller, and he would make fun of everybody that missed. And I had enough of it. So the following year after all this stuff went down, I, I invited Barney on a turkey hunt out in Iowa where he was from, and I had a really nice farm to hunt. Long story short, my whole mission of this trip was to make Barney miss a turkey. I could care less about killing one. I mean, I, I, and that's that's cruel. I mean, if you ask anything, that's cruel. Anyway, we are out there and roosted a gobbler the night before opening day, and it was like a picture-perfect setting. There was a logging road that cut both sides of the top of this ridge, and a gobbler was gobbling down on this bottom, and I heard him fly up, and I'm like, man, this this is like a godsend. You know, I've been almost praying to get one of these turkeys up there close to him and you know we're trying to make a guy miss, that's that's not an easy feat, but long story short we got in there pitch black, I set a decoy about 8 yards from from where the tree was that he was sitting and he's left handed I got back behind and you know I said you know don't shoot until the camera guy tells you to shoot, turkey gobbles and I tree call one time <laughs> hit him a little bit and I hear him you know 10 minutes all he flies down And I'm looking up there, and, you know, obviously, Barney had killed some turkeys, so he had his gun kind of ready, and I call one time, and turkey's just over the lip of this hill, about 70 yards, and I look at that shotgun barrel, and I can see a little shake in it. I'm like, I might have this. I hit him again, and he gobbles like in your face, you know. Any Iowa guys in here, anybody from Iowa? Loudest gobbling turkeys I've ever heard in my life, you know, when they're on the other side of that hill. And about that time, you see those tail feathers come up and... I mean, when... When you're a turkey hunter and you hear that sound, there's just something about it. Yeah, I mean, it's close and your heart starts to pump. The worst time to hear that sound is you're like this and right here just... <laughs> <laughs> how about one walk up there and gobble about 10 yards behind you? Ever happen to anybody? Can anybody explain to me how your butt comes off the ground that far without moving? I mean... It, that's what's so cool. But when you start hearing that spitting drum, I mean, I got goosebumps just thinking about it. But I look at that gun barrel now and it's doing this. It's kind of got a little figure eight pattern going, a little shaking. So I'm making him hold that gun. And at that time I was just using a single hand decoy. And you know, most of the time when you just have a hand decoy out there, when a gobbler sees it, if he commits, he's going to slow walk and strut. I mean, you shut your calling up and he bows up and he's showing off to that hand just side to side and I'm watching this turkey's coming he's 20 yards and he's just taking his time and I look and that gun barrel shaking I'm like this is going to happen I'm like anticipating it long story short he gets the decoys they call the shot and I'm watching and I mean he's really got it shaking when that turkey gets right up there in your face I mean y'all and if your state allows you to shoot more than one turkey I know that a lot of people want to shoot turkeys as soon as they cross that 40 yard or max range Next year, or this year, this coming spring, you want to try something cool. Try to get one as close as you possibly can to you. I, to, for me, you know what we've been doing at Avian for the last couple of years. We're trying to get them close. It's a whole different sport to me when they're when they're just at your feet and and you've got them fooled and they're standing there. You talk about adrenaline. If you have any kind of heart condition, shoot them at 40 yards, please, because <laughs> you will. Your heart will pump out of your chest. Long story short, the camera guy tells them to shoot, and I. <laughs> That turkey lifts his head, and I watch the leaves as the gunshot sh- goes off about eight feet over that turkey's head just go. <laughs> <laughs> Barney turns around he goes, I'll never make fun of another person for missing a turkey ever in my life. And he never aimed. He said, I never looked. He goes, You know, we shoot ducks and geese all the time. That gun goes up, it's automatic because he does it all the time. They're shooting all day. He said, I, I never even looked at the, the sights. He goes, I was so in, enthralled with what was happening, I thought there's no way I could miss this turkey. So getting out and shooting your guns is important, not only at long distance but at short distance as well. And and you know preseason scouting. And I'm I'm going fast here because I don't want to run over time. There's so much we can talk about. Yes, sir.
0: Can I ask you one real
1: quick? One. Absolutely.
0: My first mistake was I went and bought forty-two bucks worth of
1: TSS. Am I going to go pattern that at ten bucks a shot? <laughs> Oh yeah, you need to shoot the whole box about three times. <laughs> That's good for conservation. On that. Man, you you should pattern it though. You want to know what it should. I and mean, I'm not. What I honestly, what I do to pattern my shotgun, and and you know, if you're especially if you're using a sighting system, sight it in with a lighter load. But you're going to have to pattern that because I mean, you want to know what your gun does. And and I understand a hundred percent. You know, the good thing is it's turkey loads, not waterfowl loads, because you know most of us shoot. To, you know, three or four shells a year, and we're good. But, yeah, you really should pattern it just to know. Um, it's kind of like your deer rifle. You go by bullets. You don't want to go out deer hunting without knowing your gun's zeroed and everything's right. And, you know, if you're traveling, especially air travel, you ever watch a shotgun case come up on an airplane? They see a gun, they go, oh, let's throw this extra hard, you know. And things can go haywire, but please go out there and, and at least shoot one shell to know what it is. You'll feel a lot better about it. You know, confidence is is... Key in my opinion. Let's talk about preseason scouting. It's happening right now. Anybody been out yet this spring and heard a turkey gobble? Awesome. What state are y'all in? North Carolina. Okay. Beautiful. Georgia. Yeah, I should. Yeah, I know better. Georgia boy. They're going to be in the woods right now. But you know, last year before I came to the convention in February in Pennsylvania, where my home is. The morning I was leaving to drive down here, I walked out, we had about six inches of snow, and I cut some turkey tracks there in my food plot right by my house. And, and uh, I'm like, man, I got turkeys back. They come back in the spring where I live. They don't winter where, or where I'm at. I can put a 1,000 pounds of corn out in my food plot to feed the deer. I won't have a turkey this time of year, but, or until about this time of year. And last year, right before I came here, I cut one time on a mouth call and five long beards. And the only reason I know that is because I saw them later, in, in the in the spring, answered me one time before I came to Nashville. So it's happening. Daylight hours are getting longer. If you get out at daylight, even in the northern states, I don't know about Minnesota and some of those real cold places. I just did the Minnesota convention a couple of weeks ago, and you know it was cold. Any any folks from Minnesota in here? Yeah. If you've never been to Minnesota in January, for those of you that are from the South, it's the only place I've ever been where you step out of the plane or your car and the, your inside of your nose snot freezes solid. I mean, it's cold in Minnesota. But I left right before y'all got that 40 below stuff. I, I, I wasn't into that, but, you know, it's happening. You get out tomorrow morning, walk out here at Opera Land, all those little songbirds are gonna be singing. Springs happen. Daylight hours are progressing. So it's a time to get in the woods. You know, if you're hunting a new place, a new farm, obviously you want to get out there and know every little nook and cranny about it. You want to know wherever a fence is, every creek, every little logging road, or what every field, everything you can learn about it before you go there. And the reason being is you go out there and get a turkey to gobble, and you've never been there before. You sit down. You call him up. He's 80 yards out there. You can't see him, and he doesn't budge. Anybody ever have one hang up on you? That stinks, doesn't it? Man, turkey, that's the, that's the, one of the biggest problems we have is hanging up on us. And one reason, because maybe we didn't know there was a creek out there where we couldn't see or a single strand of barbed wire. He might cross that every day of his life, but he's coming to a hen. He's not supposed to do that. So he's walking, he's coming to a hen, he hits that barbed wire. And he's thinking, man, she should come to me. Mm-hmm. Turkey's not smart, but we're, we're, we're playing against the grain when we do that kind of stuff. Simple things like that is the most important thing in scouting. Obviously, when I out there and listen to him. This time of year, they've been buddies all fall, all winter long, trying to survive. You go out there this time of year, a lot of times you hear them gobbling in big groups. A lot of times the jakes are real vocal. You know, that pecking order, they establish it every day of their life. But now it gets more crucial to who's going to be at the hierarchy of breeding season. So the gobbling action is great right now. A couple weeks from now... Again, daylight hours progress. The photo period comes into play. Hens start becoming receptive. They start establishing their own breeding grounds, and obviously that's when our spring turkey season hits. Now, here's one mistake that a lot of us go out there and do, and especially in my home state. You know, the folks from Pennsylvania can relate, and I'm sure it happens everywhere, is they go out before the season, and they take their turkey call, and they hit an old owl hoot. Oh, oh, turkey Little hair standing up on your neck, and you grab your call, and you make him gobble one time, and you hit him once, I'm going to see if I can call that turkey up. Man, I haven't called one in since last season. You walk down there, sit by a tree. Next thing you know, here comes that old turkey up there. I mean, we're three weeks before season, and you see something over there. That gobbler walks off. Man, don't go out there and educate your turkeys before the season. You know, that's one of the things. State of Kentucky, hats off to you all. It's illegal to get caught with a turkey call in your possession prior to opening day. I think that's a great, great, great law. it's, I think, the month of March they have the same law? Beginning or March 1st until the beginning or until the opening day. I love to hear that. You know, it, you, you know, you want to go out there and you want to listen to them. You know, you, you might have an old gobbler that flies down and about three to four days in a row he's going the same way. He goes east afterwards. You're just trying to figure out what's happening. And things change throughout the year. As food source changes, water, things like that. You know, turkeys change throughout the year. But, you know, the worst thing you can do is go out there and make your turkey smarter. And, you know, I'm not saying that that, it's, that you can't go out there and yelp at them once and, and, and get out of there. Just don't call them up before the season. If you've got to go out there and call them up before turkey season, go to your buddy's favorite hunting spots. Make his turkey smarter. Don't do that either because... That causes problems, but you know when I grew up, when I grew up turkey hunting, and, and here at the convention, you know a lot of my heroes and idols are downstairs. You know I grew up when I was six years old. I called my first turkey calling contest. That's why I'm here today. You know, and guys like Terry Rom and, and Will Primos and Dick Kirby, who's no longer with us. I mean, this is where we all come to meet every February, and everybody. It's I, I love to just go out there. Harold Knight grabbed me the other day and was just you know talking stuff that that his philosophy on a lot of things in the way he turkey hunts everybody has their own ways that they go about doing things it's just like you know driving a car when you're trying to teach a kid how to drive a car I was terrible at trying to teach my daughter how to drive because I do it my way you know I try to save my brakes and tires she she doesn't pay for her brakes and tires so she goes as fast as she can and hits the brakes her own boyfriend tells me she drives bad that's pretty bad but anyway there's no right or wrongs. You know, the bottom line is like we said about said about it earlier, you want to go out there and enjoy it. You want to have fun. You want to learn as much as that day is going to let you learn. You know, there's going to be ups, there's going to be downs, and you just got to roll with the, Roll with the punches. And if you learn from every experience out there in the woods, you become a better turkey hunter. How many think a turkey's smart in here? Man, I thought so too for a long time. Turkeys are in my opinion in my opinion, I think they're smart, but I've been told wrong by biologists. A turkey's brain's the size of a thumbnail, your thumbnail. He he can't reason. We're the top of the food chain. We're the only animal that can reason. But when that old gobbler gobbles and those little hairs stand up and the goosebumps, we forget we become stupid real quick a lot of times. A turkey's not smart. A turkey's good at getting away from something that's going to make him supper from danger. You know, you think about Mama Hen sitting on that nest. For 28 days, she's incubating those eggs. She's talking to those poults while they're in that egg. She's just tell, she's telling them stuff. She's imprinting their language, just like we are as humans when we're born. Same thing. I mean, she's teaching them language. They get out of that nest, you know, and two days later, they're walking through, and an old red tail flies over. She, she teaches them how to get away from it. You know, two weeks, they got their wings, and they learn how to fly, and they get away from danger. Everything out there is trying to eat them. You know, obviously, one of the biggest things that we can do as, as conservationists and on our own properties that we hunt. It's a thing that, you know, a lot of, how many of you all trap on your properties? Oh, that's great! That's great to see that, because it's important. That, you know, with fur prices at the bottom of the barrel, nobody wants to go out there and set traps or call in coyotes. But raccoons, possums, skunks—we need to keep those predators in, in in check, especially if we want our turkey populations to succeed. And think about that next year. You know, when when trapping season in your state comes, I mean, think about—you take one coon. Imagine how many turkeys you save. One raccoon. We all need to think about that, too. But, you know, that's where a turkey gets credit for being smart. They can see every color, of the rainbow, their Their eyes are on the side of his head. And his eyes are right there. And we've all probably tried to do this. Those eyes are on the side of his head. The only place he can't see is right here. So that turkey's walking like this, and he turns his head like that, and we try to make a move. (laughs) He walks off. I'm like, how did that turkey see me? They're looking for something out there. They say their eyesight's 10 times better than ours. I don't know what the percentage is. Personally, I know they can dang sure see you move. Being still is important, knowing when to make the right move. Um, you know, if his vision's obstructed by his tail or he goes behind a tree, obviously, get away with movement. But, you know, the key is blend it in your, your surroundings. You want to, you know, when you sit down by a tree, if it's wider than your shoulder and break up your outline, that's that's the place to be. Some folks hunt out of blinds, however you want to do it. There's no right or wrong out there. You want to stay hidden. For, what blows me away, anybody use a ground blind at all in here? Or bow hunt turkeys? Any bow hunters? hats off to you man that's by far the, in my opinion the toughest thing to, to get drawn back on is a wild turkey with a bow and arrow and you know w- for whatever reason you stick a ground blind in the middle of a field and turkey will walk right up and, and strut by it and, and won't even pay attention to it but you know you want to blend into your environment out there how many of you use decoys yes I love that 20 years ago it wouldn't have been like that how many believe in decoys that's even better how many don't believe in decoys okay don't believe in they work or you just don't like them? I'm not. having no luck with them. Really? i I got a special down at the AVNX booth. We can, we can take care of you. <laughs> <Poor> <laughs> well, if you want to trade them in, man, we can, we got a trade-in program. <laughs> we appreciate the support. And, and I, I hear that a lot. Twenty years ago, I wasn't a decoy believer. They run from them. Yep. Maybe we, didn't get, maybe we gave you those ones that were, you know, misfits that you know, chased them away instead of brought them in. But come down and see us. We'll talk about it. Maybe we can figure something out. And, and this can happen. you got to think a lot of times, especially on, on a gobbler decoy, the more aggressive position decoy of a gobbler, like a strutting gobbler, any kind of aggression that he shows, there's a chance that he could run a turkey off. You know, that's why we try to go with a, a gobbler that doesn't have as much posture. He's just showing his oats a little bit. This particular is, is our one of our new decoys. How many of y'all seen a Jake or a, a subdominant gobbler come into your spread and do that with his head? He sticks it up like that. He's he's kind of showing subdominance. I don't know if he's trying to make himself look bigger, but he's telling that other gobbler that he's no threat. We've seen this a, a ton filming turkeys especially in Jake. so we designed this head These, this one has a removable head you can use two different heads we designed that that posture and we, and you know no sales pitch to next. everything that we try to do we try to call to a turkey with that decoy and you know you think about it when a turkey's relaxed his wings are usually dropped and that's what we try to incorporate right there if you watch a, a, a Turkeys' body language, you know, when they pull them wings up and start popping them and pull them tight, they're ready to get out of there. They're showing a little bit that they're a little bit nervous. You know, anytime their feathers are fluffed like that, they're relaxed. And that's what we're trying to signify there. You know, every feather that we try to do, we're trying to tell a story with our decoy, just like when you're using your turkey calls, we're trying to tell a story. And, you know, the thing about decoys, it's just like calling. You know, I hear people have all kinds of philosophies how to use them out there. Number one, the the most important thing is when utilizing decoys or setting up on a turkey, the farther that they can see your setup. You know, fields are a different situation. We can talk about that in a second. But if you're calling to a turkey and he shows up out there at 200 yards in the woods and he sees your decoys or he sees where that hen should be, there's a great chance he's going to hang up out there and want you to come to him. Where if he shows up at 80 yards, he comes up over a hill, you know, or get up to a ridge top or gets to the edge of a field, and then he can see your decoys, he's just out of gun range, a lot more apt for him to commit. Because you've already changed the game. So many times, especially in wide open woods, think about that, utilize the terrain. When he shows up, he's not far out of gun range. You know, hanging up on decoys can happen. If you're going to use one, especially early in the season, especially the first half of the season, if you're going to go through the trouble to carry one decoy, please use a Jake in your spread. Carry two. That Jake is incredible. Uh, To me, if I had a choice to use one decoy, bar none, it would be a Jake decoy. I'm already sounding like a hen. I'm trying to change the game sounding like a hen. When he shows up, he knows that hen should be there. He sees this guy over there with one of his girlfriends. He's committed. 9.9 9.9 times out of 10 they come to the jake and you're messing with that pecking order there's two sides of that turkey's life in the spring he's worried about dates and girlfriends and he's worried about keeping gobblers away from him and you know yes you can spook him you could put it especially like with strutter a strutting decoy you put it out there he comes up there and all of a sudden he sees old big boy up there with a the girlfriend and two weeks ago, he we got hit upside the head with a wing. We'd all walk away, too. I mean, it's just how it is. And turkeys sometimes are fighters, and some aren't fighters. And we've had them shy away from hens as well. I mean, we've had that happen. I'd like for you to come down, and we'll try to fix it, or, or else give you a, maybe something that we think might be happening. If, if nothing else, don't take your decoys. I mean, some, maybe it's just one of those mojo things that doesn't work for you. But for me, I was like that for a long time until... Friend of mine, Callie Morris, who's longtime friend of the NWTF, came out with a, a mounted hen decoy. I mean, obviously, can't get any better than that. And the first time that I went with Callie and he used that, I was sold on decoys. And then obviously, technology got better with using, you know, rubbers and plastic and, and different things to allow us to make a thing, a, a, a molded decoy that looks almost like it has feathers. It definitely has made the difference on what we do, but not every one of them commits to a decoy, no doubt about it. But again, and we're going to talk about that in calls as well, think about that gobbler. Because to me, that's the deadliest decoy that, that that's out there. He's, if, you, if he's committed to that hen, and he's coming to that hen sound, he comes up there and sees that gobbler. If, if, and especially in the woods, too. They have to be able to see it. Utilizing openings, utilizing logging roads or ridge tops, they have to be able to see that your decoys. And I think right here in the woods, that color, I think it stands out from a hen color. I think they see that jake a lot better, especially in timber situations. And, and again, every place that we hunt is different. Field's a different story. Field turkeys are tough. They're out there in the field. You know, they got their hens with them a lot of times, or they know they should see those hens and they should come to them
0: all right that's all that I've got for you guys for the free portion of this week's episode of the turkey hunter podcast if you would like to hear the rest of the seminar with matt moret then you will need to become a subscriber to the premium content of the turkey hunter podcast and in order to become a subscriber to the premium content what you need to do to start that process is text the word turkey hunter to the number 44. 222. Make it one word, no spaces, turkey hunter. When you text that word to the number 44222, I am going to reply back with some instructions that you'll need to follow. And eventually I'm going to email you a link that you can click on to set up your username and password on the Podbean application and pay your $18 per year premium content subscription fee. Your $18 per year premium content subscription is going to get you not only the premium content for this week's episode, but it's going to get you the premium content for all of our past episodes, as well as the premium content for the next 52 weeks. There is a bunch of premium content locked up under the premium content subscription on Podbean, and for 18 bucks, you can unlock all of that, and I really don't think you're gonna be disappointed in spending that $18. All right, I hope that you guys enjoyed that seminar with Matt. You know, you can really hear Matt's excitement about the upcoming spring 2019 turkey season. Well, upcoming at that time, of course. And to me, it really embodies everything about the Opryland Hotel and Convention Center that particular weekend in February. There is so much excitement, and you can just feel it in the air about turkey season opening up. And so you guys who haven't ever attended one of those shows, you really need to make it a point to go to at least one of them and experience that. And by the way, it's nearly impossible to experience A little bit of everything that there is to do there in one day so if you're traveling a pretty good distance to get there go ahead and plan on staying over one night at least one night and attending some seminars attending the calling contests of course showing up at the sports show attending some of the auctions that they have there really is a ton to do anyway I hope that you guys enjoyed that seminar with Matt I hope that you picked up a thing or two that may help you this coming year you know me personally my attitude about decoys has changed and really it's changed from the time that i started doing this podcast about five and a half or so years ago to today and it changed because of this podcast i was never a big fan of decoys i always had decoys scare off more turkeys than they brought in and so i just never use them but now that i've learned through some of the guests that we've had on this show how to better use decoys i've become more effective at decoying turkeys in and i still don't use them the majority of the time that i hunt Because I rarely hunt areas that have a lot of fields in them, and I rarely hunt a lot of fields, and I just haven't found decoys quite as effective in my setup in the woods. But if I'm hunting an opening or a food plot, and I've got time to get a decoy out, you better believe I'm getting a decoy out and using a lot of the tactics that I've learned on this show. But Matt did a good job of covering a lot of different topics about turkey hunting. And I think it made that seminar a lot of fun. So that's all I've got for you guys today. But if you would do me a favor before I cut you loose for the week, if you would share this week's episode of the Turkey Hunter podcast using the share button on your podcast player application, if you would share it to your social media platforms that you use, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, whatever it is you want to share that on, If you would do that, I would be very appreciative. And with that said, thank you guys so much for tuning in this week. I know that you have choices. I appreciate you spending your time with us. I hope you have a wonderful week, and I look forward to seeing you again next week. Goodbye. Thanks for tuning in. You were just listening to the Turkey Hunter podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please go on over to iTunes and leave a five-star review.